you're about to enter seventh heaven. If you like this pod, then you can show your support by rating us five stars and hitting that little subscribe button to help us climb the pod rankings and spread the sevens gospel. If you're looking for extra content, you can go to our YouTube page or our social channels, Twitter and Instagram, our handle at seventh heaven pod. Again, like, subscribe, share, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Salvation is here. You can put away your binge watching, chocolate scoffing, wine guzzling, self isolation, humdrum life to one side for one more week because the Seventh Heaven crew are in town. And we invite you to dive across the pearly line into the clouds and into the one stop celestial stop shop for all things sevens. Oh, we're back. <laughs> yeah. I'll just to breathe, Bernsey. It's hot out. I don't want you parting out. Just, uh, what do you know? What I've been bored shitless for a week, and now I've got two people to talk to you, and we got a special guest in the cloud. So uh, I'm fizzing at the moment. I'm fizzing. I'm I'm trying to contain it, but I'm fizzing. Nice, Bernsey. What's your dive then? What's your dive into the seventh heaven? How do you dive? Your single arm ball transfer? Are you diving high? Are you knee sliding? You're probably a knee slide, aren't you? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a slide along the thigh with it tucked into her hands. Like not a real dive too scared. I don't really have the core, the core stability either for that. What are you chippy? I'm not seeing you score many tries. So. No, I don't. It's just, it's a normally, cause I've so far passed everyone. It's normally a one hand dot down. I have tried one dive, uh, <laughs> over rotated. You know, when you see people take the pictures and they go like completely horizontal. I got up there and then the top half weighed down. And then the belly weighed me up, down, and then it was like belly, belly ball. I nearly dropped it. I was like, I'm never doing that again. I think as a young London Irish fan, I was scarred for the rest of my life after Leguizamon. Do you remember him when he went oh. for the big, big dive in the St. Patrick's Day game and spilled the ball? Do you remember that, yeah. that back in the day in the Premiership? Criminal that. There was also one from the Hong Kong Sevens that's been yeah, the Japanese geezer. Japanese lad. Yeah, he does a break, oh, gives it the big yeah. into the crowd. Dives, flops out under his arm. He's got his head in his hands. Oh, it hurts just talking about it. Who's the biggest showboat? Who's the biggest showboater in the game at the moment when it comes to try scoring? What, like as in diving or just Tom Bowen loves a needless dive for no reason in our team. He loves a needless dive. He injured himself in Twickenham. He was in the corner. All he had to do was slide it in, give it a big dive, dislocated his shoulder. No, that was epic. That was worth it. Yeah, he might not say that he had to have surgery, I think. But. Oh, no, it was a hell of a finish. It, it was a hell of a finish. I don't think he would have got in with a slide. Anyway, that's worth looking up on. Phil Burgess is a renowned bad diver. Awful. Can't yeah. get it right. He's, he's a knee dive. Heavy Just knees dive. digging in. Knees digging to the ground. <laughs> so come on, boys. Tell me, what, 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 have you, what have you been up to since we last convened here in the clouds? This is going to be a very short segment of the pod. Go, Chippy. What have you been up to, mate? Um, I have been target shooting with an air rifle. I've been chipping oh. golf balls. I've been lifting weights in the garden. I've been walking the dog, socially distancing. And that's about it, really. Trying to keep the baby alive as well. Little baby Rudy. He's been <laughs> so, pooing and crying. Shout so out the, the, island, 
the Isle of Wight pentathlon. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Just keep the baby alive at the end. Is, is, as long as you do that, you're winning. What about you, Mitch? Uh, very little. I've been doing a fair bit of reading, actually. Uh, I've got a system now. I get two books on the go. So I read one in the day and then one in the evening. At the same, at the same time? Surely the sen- sentences don't make sense. Do you, do you read across? <laughs> very good, Rich. Um, uh, other than that, just been in the garden. I've actually been working on my juggling. So I'm trying to progress from three balls to four balls at the moment. It's actually Ooh. quite difficult, the four ball juggling. Little challenge for the for the pod listeners. I saw yeah. you. Why are you giggling, I you, Richard? I just I just know there's one person in the household that's great at four ball juggling. <laughs> oh, that's Shout very out. rude. Shout that's out to Lucy B. Um, Luckily, I saw she's not you over the pod. I saw you doing some inventive kicking practice in the back garden by the power of social media, which was. A nice step up after your press-up effort in the weeks before Fire England yeah. Rugby's social media. Talk us through the kicking, Mitch. I'm building my social media as the weeks go on. Uh, that or shutting it down. I haven't decided which yet. Um, yeah, well, I, like Chippy, trying to uh, keep the training going in the garden. So doing a, a bit of uh, bit of physical stuff. But I also set up the kicking net. Yeah, get a few strikes on. I've actually the gone kicking to the next net level. Is, 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 is can so you kick small? Sounds if sounds I, bigger than it is. Can you explain to people who haven't seen it, who for some reason beyond my comprehension they don't follow you on social media? Well, that's, yeah, can't be anyone out there. But um, I've hung a, an old sheet, basically an old blanket, over the washing line and pegged it on there. Um, and I've been kicking into it, but it's quite a small target. So if I slice it, which I do frequently, uh, I will lose balls. I've actually taken it to the next level and I'm a bit ashamed to admit this, but I ordered off Amazon and it arrived today, a strip of a six foot strip of um, artificial like grass matting. So I don't ruin the lawn with my strikes. I've got that for my golf as well, mate. <laughs> Is that sad? No, that's professional, Tom. That's professional. I think, yeah, ride, I think, they, I think they they keep training. Tax deductible as well. Smart. <laughs> Go on, Burnsy. What have you been doing, my son? What have I been doing? Uh, Not an awful lot. Do you know what I've been doing? I've been indulging in the preposterous dance of deception with the treats cupboard in my flat on a daily basis. Now, I actually refer to this as glove boxing. Um, I don't know. I think people in isolation might have gone through this, but you know when you go on a long drive? I think that's something else, mate. You know when you you go on a long drive or, or a medium drive or maybe even a short drive? Usually there's some treats in the glove box. Uh, like if you're in your dad's car, when you're a, a nipper, it's a bag of mints. But as you get older, you get your own car. Maybe you've got some Percy pigs in there. Um, and you'll open up the treats. You take a couple out. You'll pop them in the glove box, close it up and say to yourself, great, I've had a couple of treats. Off we go on the drive. I'm not going to be going near them again. And for the duration of the drive, you're just constantly reaching. You're dipping straight back in. And by the end of the drive, you've eaten them all. Why have you not started with the treats out by the handbrake from the word go? It's because you're lying to yourself. You're like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to be abstemious. I'm not going to eat the whole bag on the journey. But by the end of it, you do. And uh, so I call that glove boxing. And uh, I've just been doing it in my house. Uh, there'll be a packet of biscuits in the cupboard. And I'll be like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to treat myself to a mid-afternoon biscuit. So I'll get up. I'll have one tied up close the cupboard, go and sit down. 
And I end up doing 20 up down reps to the cupboard and back. And before you know it, the packet of biscuits is gone. So that, that's what I've been up to in isolation. Mate, that sounds a lot like a therapy confession. Hi, I'm Joe Burns and I'm a glove boxer. I'm a secret <laughs> dipper. Burns, your, prob- your problem is who takes one biscuit? You've, you've got a, you're, you're talking three or four biscuits minimum at a time, but then that's you. Mm. You take three, you eat two, you look at one, you have a bit of your tea, you finish it off, a couple of dunks, your last biscuit. Oh yeah, nice. You don't take one. Who takes one? Criminals take one. I think actually though, you're doing yourself a bit of self-love by indulging. Mm. I think you've got to in lockdown. Don't fight the battles that are unnecessary. That's, I mean, that's how deep the deception has gone that I'm taking one now. I mean, I feel, I felt I needed to share that with the pod listeners after the crumpet confessions from last week um, with, with you, Mitch. Just in the interest of honesty, in the interest of transparency in this Get rid of that day shame, Bernsey. Get rid of that shame. There's no place for it. You do, you do what you want. But other than, um, other than glove boxing around the flat, uh, we have all been communicating together and we've lined up a pretty sweet guest today, haven't we? It's good. I feel like it's the good. pressure's on big time. <laughs> he I said, yes, but I'm still I've nervous. i nervous for the pod recording. I'm, I'm, so ner- I'm so nervous for Chippy's um, reputation because he's the one who's teed this up. Yeah, oh, let's mate. just make imagine, that clear now. Imagine if he just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't ring, me, ring us. Oh, God. Oh, no. No, no. I've complete faith in Speedstick. P-Bake, he's a top lad. I'm sure he'll come on. I'm looking forward to speaking to him and chatting all things seven. He's a proper legend of the game as well. I think it's fair to say that. Like He's, he's changed the game a bit. Yeah, unbelievable, Jeff. We'll save that for a round. Very, very exciting. But at the moment, Chippy's in the foyer of the cinema. He's got two <laughs> ticket stubs. He's already bought the popcorn and he's nervously looking at his watch, wondering if, if she's going to turn up. <laughs> it, it's, the, it, it's the adverts and I've already had half the popcorn. I'm worried. <laughs> Is it going to last? You've gone for the head boy look, Mitch. Well, I just wanted to go smart, at least on the top half. I won't show you what's underneath. Um, but I've... I've not been making much effort. I think that's a characteristic of lockdown that I've been seeing a lot on social media as well, that people aren't getting dressed properly. And I'm, I'm in that camp for sure. So I thought I'd take this opportunity to actually sort of dress up for the occasion because it's probably the biggest occasion of my week. You look like Chris Kamara. <laughs> Someone's been sent What's off happened? there, Chris. What's happened? <laughs> There's been a red card, Chris. Have you seen it? Has it? Has it? What's happened? Has it? <laughs> that um, is the goal. Yeah, the keen, there'll be keen uh, listeners slash watchers of the pod. If you go to YouTube and watch this episode, they'll recognize the tie from part of my history. I'll leave that to the uh, watchers to to tweet us or Instagram us Uni- about. Uni- University of Biting. <laughs> I'll never forgive Bristol. I'm Don't want to dredge that up again, Chippy. I know it's painful no. memories for you. Uh, the good news is, chaps, is that we've been getting plenty of action on social media. L- lots right. of questions coming in for our guest for this episode and a few more followers looking very lively on Instagram and Twitter and on all the platforms that we broadcast on. So iTunes, Acast, Spotify, YouTube, and I'm sure there's a couple of others that it's being distributed to that I don't have the technical ability to know exactly where it's going. But if you enjoy this podcast and we'd love you to like, 
subscribe and leave a review. If you don't enjoy the podcast, I don't want to hear your reviews. So just keep it to yourself. But we, uh, we'd really appreciate the, uh, the love as far as likes and subscriptions go. I think if you really don't enjoy the podcast then, uh, and you need to vent, then just DM Burnsy and he can take the flack because it's mostly his fault anyway. At Burnsy Drama. Right, without further ado, boys, shall we get our bit of star-spangled stardust here on the show? Yeah, let's get him on. Dialing in all the way from the USA. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. It's Perry Baker in Seventh Heaven. One night in heaven, one night in heaven. Mate, thanks so much for joining us in Seventh Heaven up in the clouds. No doubt. Thanks for having me, man. Be woke, baby. Be rich. Mate, wait, do you know what? We are, we're pumped to have you on the podcast, but if anything, the overriding feeling is relief that you haven't stood Chippy up because he's been like, no, nah, my boy P-Bait's going to come through for me. Don't you worry. <laughs> you already know, me, Riz, I'm going to come through, baby. Yes, P-Bait. I knew you would. I was so worried. P- P-Bait puts out. So, mate, how, so how's it how's it going over in the States? How's uh, isolation treating you, Perry? Man, it's a madhouse over here, man. Everything's closed down. Can't go nowhere. Have to wear a mask when you go outside now. So uh, it's been tough, man. Just been sitting in the house bored, man. Just playing Fortnite all the time, man. P-Bake, talk to us then. What's going on um, with the USA at the moment? Um, we've seen there's been a lot of like budget cuts and now um, P-Bake, it looks like the USA have uh, completely cut funding for the sevens and everything. What's going on? No, they haven't actually. It's just, it's kind of like the business side of the, of the of the game that you have to do this type of stuff where you try and clean house and get everything good for the future. So everything is ticking and, and running pretty smooth. So right now I feel like we'll be in a good place when the season start back up, you know, but right now it's just something that they had to do. And because of the COVID, it made it come quicker. Right. Fair enough. So does that mean, does that change anything for you guys thinking ahead to next year? Now the Olympics has been moved. How did you guys feel about that? Obviously we chatted about this last week. It's a bit of a bummer for the guys who are hoping to go this summer to Tokyo. But well, how do you feel about that? And how are the guys feeling about that? I mean, you got your pros and cons with it. I mean, you got guys who were looking to be done after the Olympic Games. And uh, now everything's been pushed back, which is kind of cool though, because we had a few guys that was banged up here and there and they... We needed them, everyone to be healthy. So it's kind of, you got to kind of got your good parts out of that because everyone gets to be healthy. I mean, we might have Falau back by then after he broke his leg last season. You know, we might have Neymar back after he just tore his ACL. So it's all the good side of it is that we'll have everyone back and everyone healthy. Hey, you mentioned getting a few boys back and healthy. We've seen a bit more of an experimental side for the, for the U.S. this year. So... Has it been good to experiment and to discover a few new talents, try out some fresh combinations, give yourself a bit more variety when it comes to selection time when the Olympics comes around next year, which obviously isn't what everyone was planning for. Right, spot on, man. It's just, and we're trying to get the game to grow here too. So, you know, like these guys that are here now, like myself, we won't be here forever playing, you know? So we need to have a new generation coming in. And some of the boys that stepped up this year for us, they have been in the been around us for like three years now so it's good to see them boys get a shot and and really go out there and, and show themselves so and it'd be good like you said for when it's time to pull for the olympics because everyone's gonna be fighting for a spot so that competition is what we're all about and uh so it's cool to see these guys getting a chance and come out there and compete so it was all good how, well, mate, you how, mentioned- are, you, 
Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, Mitch. Now go on, you go, Mitch. Sorry, mate, you've had your question, Burnsy. Piss off. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I was just, just going to say, man, on that, like, obviously me and Chippy kind of and yourself were kind of in that older age bracket that you're talking about. How's that for you thinking another year? You feeling good for another year? Because you'll be, what are you, 33 this summer, 34 next year. So yeah. obviously still flying from what we can see. But how's the body feeling like? day-to-day -day I mean, training and looking ahead to next year? Uh, I feel like I'll be fine, man, just because it's big break right now and, and and the coaches know my body and I know my body and uh, just taking it easy, you know. I mean, it is a, a long season. The season actually takes off in, in September, you know. That's 14 tournaments and that would be a lot on someone's body. But having these young guys who stepped up last year and stuff, we can let those guys go out there and get more gains under their belt so they feel comfortable. But I just feel like I'll just take one tournament at a time, one game at a time. I feel like I'll be fine, though. Honestly, I had, I said I'd do another two or three years. Like, I want to go to another World Cup, you know, after the Olympic Games. So, I think I'd be fine, man. I think they'll manage me pretty well. And it's just good That's to have to the other guys behind, too, to come in and step up. Nice. Who, P-Bake, so all the young lads coming through, who's going to be the next P-Bake? Oh, my goodness. There will oh, never no be a new P Bake. Oh. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Tell him, Mitch. <laughs> P Bake, nah, I know yeah, when I you don't... do when you when you do your press, I know you say that I'm the white P Bake. So who, who's coming <laughs> through that's gonna be good? Who's gonna who's gonna try and take the number eleven shirt in a couple of years? Who should we watch out for? Uh jeez. I have no idea. I just hope someone coming in and be better than me, honestly. I mean, just take it to a whole nother level um with their skills and stuff. But I don't know. I just I like the young boys like uh Tala. He was on the series for a little while until he hurt his shoulder, had to have uh, shoulder surgery. I like Neymar a lot. He's really good. Like, he's going to be like another Falau, Falau Nua, which is great for the program um, just because of his dynamics and his skills, and he's been growing. So that's a few of the boys that's been around, you know. I'm just excited to see where we can actually leave our, leave it off and where guys can actually take it, pick up and take it. You mentioned about the, the next gen and uh, wanting them to be better. I know that when you were looking at starting playing rugby, that Cecil Africa was a big inspiration for you because uh, you looked at your size and your shape and you were told for a long, long time that you were too small to play the game, but obviously proving everyone otherwise. Uh, are you hoping to inspire that kind of player to come into the game? Oh, for sure. I mean, if you look at a game of, of, of rugby and stuff, it's changing all the way around, you know, and it's been changing. And I just want to be able to inspire anyone. Actually, if you're big and slow, if you're big and fast, whatever the case may be, just want to be able to let you know that you can believe in yourself and you can do it. Because um, I was told for the longest that I wouldn't be able to make it. Even when, when I was trying to go to the NFL, they were like, man, you're going to get broke up so fast. And... um in my mind, I was like, ain't no way that's going to happen. Then same thing when I was talking about playing rugby. It's like, you don't look like a rugby player. And I still get that to this day. Like, guys be like, well, not thinking of rugby players. They always think of, like, the 15 size boys. Everyone's, like, really huge. But I'm like, no, that's not the case. And I'm like, and it always comes down to your heart, though. So whoever just believes in themselves and have the, that dog in them, then they can make it. Yeah, do you look at do you look at do you look at guys the size of Mitch and think like yeah I can make it I can make it size it just doesn't matter. <laughs> nah, cause you look at Mitch though, like he has a hard job though, cause he's the sweeper. So whenever someone break, it's like imagine Chippy breaks free and he's running at Mitch. Mitch got to stick his head in there, but he has that heart to do it. He has that dog to do it. So that, yeah, that's a hey, good believe me, I, the... believe me, most of the time I'd rather not do it, man. I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> 
every every time I break through against America and I run and I see Flau Nua, I think, oh, I'm going to sit him down. And every time he dips a shoulder and absolutely smokes me. How is that boy <laughs> such a big hitter for such a small lad? He's a butterball. That's why, man. He's short when he's solid, man. <laughs> that's it. Hey, P. Bate, you spoke about 15s players. Have you ever been tempted to play 15s? I have. Uh, I said that after I retired from sevens, I want to dabble in 15s for a little bit. I know they had started a professional league here called the MLR, uh, Major League Rugby, and I wanted to play a little bit. Uh, I play. I always tell people I didn't play, but I have. But it was like so unreal because like everyone was like really big and super slow. And like if you ever think about 15s, they're never running it out from their own try line. But the team I played for, which is Daytona Coconut, they would just pass the ball out wide and just say, run from our own try line. And I'm like, when I actually saw 15s play, like, that's not the game of 15s. And it's the same thing when I went to Tiger Rugby and I played for 15s there. They're just like, okay, we need to score or something. P-Bake, they'll just say, why? Just throw it wide. And it's just me run. So I never Wait, thought that's not, that's not a bad tactic. That <laughs> it's not, it's but not that's not tactic. the game of 15s itself though you know so i just like man yeah. i haven't played i just play with people who like just jumped off the couch and want to play club rugby still you know yeah so who would you go play for in the mlr because they're, they're gonna I, get they're gonna get two new franchises there i think la and dallas although correct. colorado or colorado have just gone under today which is yeah, so they, weird yeah, because that's such team. a Yes, they'll still have every other uh, event going on. I just, just the COVID uh, messed everything up, man. And, um, but I would like to stay close to San Diego because my family's here, of course. But, uh, so LA would be definitely a good spot. Um, San Diego leads you to be a good spot. But I don't know. I just want to go to see where I, I, I fit in best at, where I can help out the most. Lindsay, do you want to do some questions from the public? Yeah, we had a few people, didn't we, sending questions. Uh, yeah, I've I've totally misplaced them. Um, wait a second. I've got one. In the meantime, <laughs> unprofessional. <laughs> we make, honestly, in the meantime, Perry, I've got some. Ultimate right. professional. Got, welcome to it. welcome to Seven Heaven. Someone's Perry. keeping this podcast together, Benzie. <laughs> Jesus. Um. So for, so I actually put I actually asked my family on WhatsApp, my family group. I was like, "You got any questions you want me to ask Perry?" Because they're fans of Sevens, and obviously they're fans of you. My mum actually Appreciate still it. remembers chatting to you in Dubai. Um, yep. And I'm sure you remember, of course, easy. as well. Easy, still talking about it. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure what went down, but... Um... Oh, my God. <laughs> so what... Right, I'll start you off with an easy question, though. So you're one of the few players that warms up with headphones on. I know a few guys in your team do, but not many other teams do. What, what kind of tunes have you got going on in there? Uh, it just depends on my mood. Like, honestly, it just always varies. Uh, sometimes, like, if I feel like I'm in, like, a funk and I really need to get uplifted or whatnot, I listen to gospel music. Um, uh, a lot of the times I'm listening, I'm listening to Kevin Gates because like that's my guy, man. Like Kevin always <laughs> get me going. Um, sometimes I listen to some country music, you know. Uh, so it just depends, honestly. Sometimes I like listening. I got a play, uh, um, a playlist called Party Boy. So I listen to some uh, upbeat like techno music, man. It just depends, man. It's just <laughs> whatever boy gets Perry. you going. <laughs> the Party Boy from Jackass. <laughs> yeah you can say that <laughs> it's all yeah yeah see check yeah, you it. out <laughs> just a a silly one who has got the worst personal hygiene on the USA 17 oh my god <laughs> mm -hmm. who, who, who's, the, who's the stinky bloke 
Can I plead the fifth? <laughs> yeah, you can. You nah. can. You can go for that. Oh, uh, man. A few of my Fair teammates play. have someone in mind, though. They have someone in mind, but I ain't going to do that. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of your teammates, I've got a question from yeah. one of your teammates who got in touch. He said, why Uh-oh. are you so soft? Why am I so soft? Who would say that? I have no idea who would say that. <laughs> I don't know. You got to find, you got to find soft, you know? Yeah, the five it, it, it was um, <laughs> someone who's just had a back operation. We'll put it that way. Oh my gosh, I know this what you're talking about. He just messaged me the other day too. <laughs> he's oh trying to get into your pee, hey, He he yeah. only says that because he he gets so pissed when I when he can't blow me off for a breakdown or whatnot. So that's always why he's saying that. And I always give him, <laughs> always give him yes. about it. Yes. Oh, so Ben Pinkelman, you're saying Ben Pinkelman can't get you off a breakdown? <laughs> of course, you gotta ask him. When I tell him, he has to be for even when we do uh we do combat stuff, we wrestle. I always say you have to be at least two twenty or above to wrestle me. And when Pinky comes <laughs> over there, he can never get me, so he always get frustrated. And I always rub it in his face. <laughs> so you're you're harder than Ben Pinkelman. That's what we're saying. We're saying. Hey, hey, hey! What Mitch told you? I'm one of the older boys. I'm 33 years old, and here he is already having back surgery. he hasn't hit 30 yet (laughs) Pipe that comes in quite nicely about your your team dynamic uh that you're a pretty diverse bunch of individuals in the USA Eagles team obviously led by Mike Friday as well he's an Englishman but I guess that exchange is a good example that you can take strength from that diversity and you guys draw on that a lot is that fair to say I mean it just took a lot to get us to where we are, though, man, because like you said, we're so diverse. Everyone's background is different. People come from different areas. So it was just really tough to get it all there. But once we got it there, we started clicking. Like, if you think about it, like, if you try and bring, like, 23 guys together who are totally different backgrounds and everything, and then you have an English coach who comes over to America and try and learn the cultures of each and every one, that's tough to do. You know, so we just did a lot of trying to figure out who we are as individuals and then as a team and collectively come together and form the dogs of who we are now. So, um, yeah, we do look at that all the time, like how we communicate with each other and everything. So, yeah, like this year we can look at it and we say we, we were so inconsistent, like we wasn't consistent at all. Like we'll show glimpses of the good stuff from last year and everything. And this year is just like communicating well with each other like how to get back to that like we've been in these things before uh overcoming this adversity so it was pretty cool though because i remember several times we had so many blow-ups with each other it'd be crazy but now it's like we can have those blow-ups it's like a talk you know like that brother talk like let's get it in gear let's go so it's pretty cool man and you got to enjoy the moments man 100 I know you've probably been asked this question a lot, but um, in terms of that team dynamic, like two of the biggest names that have come out of the USA Sevens, probably of all time, are you and probably Carlin is the other one. And you're both the speedsters. You're obviously both two of the top wingers in the world and you're both in the same team. Like, do you guys push each other? Like, do you work well together? Like, how does that dynamic go down? Obviously, it's been brought up recently as well because you guys both tipped over the 200 try mark. Well done, by the way. Yeah. Congratulations. Appreciate that, guys. Really appreciate that. Uh, It really goes back and forth uh, because Carlin's very competitive, very competitive. Same here. Uh, I'm very competitive. So we always push each other here and there. Um, 
Like sometimes, like I want to play center and he wants to play wing, and that's what we want to do on the series. So we always would play together. But then some of the boys would be like, "That's not fair. You guys got to break it up." So then when we break it up, and we know that we need to push each other. We'll set challenges for each other and really battle each other out out there. So it's pretty cool all the way around, and guys love to see that too. They like to see that when we when we're on that level. For sure, I don't like to see you at center and wing. Not for me, thank you. Just, just, just one, one at a time on the pitch, please. That's, that's enough. Yeah, Perry, oh, can you can you tell me exactly what's going through your minds when you're licking your lips when you look up and you see that Chippy's defending on the outside, and the ball's coming your way? You're just you're, uh, you're just spoiled for choice. <laughs> well, and I always see that. I was always, I'm always thinking like how far I actually have to run. And uh, if it's far, I'm like, geez, I got to drop the hammer early so they don't chase over. If it's not too far, then I just just run normal kind of deal just to get away. But uh, I it's, I like it just for the simple fact. I know it's an easy try. <laughs> <laughs> you just called me a fat guy. Jeez, P. Baker. No, no, Last time you were around. Yes. Hey, no, no, no. Hey, That's a sound bite for the pod. Right <laughs> oh, gosh. But, mate, right. it's, it's really interesting, though, getting into that mindset for someone like you because – like when you first came in and you were on the wing and you were scoring awesome tries and stuff, but then as the years have gone on, you've added so many strings to your bow, like kickoff being the obvious one, um, but also like defensively. And you're kind of, I've seen you working on your kicking stuff as well in, in Instagram. So when you're adding all these skills, to, firstly, how do you motivate yourself to do that? Like what's the driving force? But also when you're then into the game, like what's your kind of mindset? Are you just feeling like you're in it or are you thinking your way through those things? So the first thing that's driving me is I always wanted to be the best at everything I've done. Like even when I, even when we have to run laps when I was in elementary, when you got you got the PE and you have to run a lap, I always want to be first. So then it started turning to kids racing me. So then it's just a competition, and uh, I always want to be like the best wide receiver when I play football. I always want to be the best, and um, I want to be the best when I play rugby. And I always want to put my best foot forward. So it's like, how can I take my game to another level? And um, I honestly, in my head, I think Dan Norton's no knock because I'm talking to you guys though, but I think Dan Norton's the best winger out there. Um, the dude's just a all around player, like he can kick. So I need to implement that in my game without just being fast. Um, and then on a the defensive side, I mean, just listening to the great coaches that I have from Phil, uh, from Rocky. Rocky definitely helped me take my game to another level on the defensive side. The dude's a genius. Shout for out real. to Rocky. Like the Legend. Dude, yeah, shout out to my man. I call him Little Rock. We miss him. Shout we miss him. Rock. <laughs> but, sad, uh, sad times. <laughs> uh, and then just things that's going through my head is like, if I'm confident and and my kicks, then I'll just do it. If I'm not, then I'm second guessing myself. So then I'm like kind of stuck. But uh, normally I just, I'm just like, man, if I kick it, I just kick it. Just wherever it goes, I know I get there. If it's long, I get there. If it's high, I get there. But just get it away from the defensive side. So um, that's a little bit that go through my head, like just the confidence I have. Like if I'm feeling confidence with my kicks and I'll do it, you know? And that's the only reason why I'm doing it now is to get confidence where I can like kick off my left foot now. Nice. Yeah, I mean, we had one of our listeners uh, actually ask, he said, uh, we've all got moments of doubt, but have you got a particular image or scene in your mind or a saying that you say to get yourself out of that funk and get you thinking positively? That's, that's if you ever have a moment of doubt. Uh, for sure. I always just think back to w why I want to be where I am. 
and then what got me what got me here so i do that now to this day like when i go running like if i'm running distance and i feel like i'm getting tired i just start talking to myself like out loud like even running past someone like they're looking at me like i'm crazy because i'm like just saying like let's go that's all i ever say let's go like let's let's do this like you've been here before let's go that's all i ever say let's go like i just started getting like this second win i just started getting pumped up and my music started kicking in i'm just riding man but uh it's just always just like you just gotta battle yourself like talk to that voice that you hear in your head man there, there goes that old crazy p bake talking to himself again yeah <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about transition, actually, transition athletes, which some people have messaged in about. Um, obviously, you coming from American football, uh, Carlin's a transition athlete, Nate Ebner for the Olympics. And then this dude you brought on in Vancouver, um, he's got like a neck as long as Big Bird. It's as thick as a burr constrictor. And he used to be a wrestler. I think he scored like with his first touch of the ball um, for you guys. Oh, talking about uh, Ben, Ben Brazil. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. His neck is ridiculous. Um, but you are, you're a team like, you know, with very, very dominant players who are these transition sportsmen. Um, how do you go about finding these players? Um, well, I was introduced by my uh, position coach. Uh, he was also my guidance counselor. He played for a local men's club. Uh, for, for right now, though, I mean, just the advertising, I mean, like, Having Carlin out there, uh, having myself, having people like Danny, uh, people want to see these guys and then they become interested in rugby and they want to pick it up and learn it. I always get people always messaging me like, where can they go to find rugby because it's not in their hometown and things like that. And I always just tell them, go play for a club anywhere because you have old boys clubs all the time. You have clubs all the time around. You just got to find it now. The competition might not be there, but for us to pick the game up, you just got to play the game. Just got to start playing the game of rugby and you'll start getting it. You know, um, for Ben was a wrestler. It's, and uh, you always hear, always hear like the best athletes to get for rugby are wrestlers or basketball players is what I was told for uh, the game of rugby. Um, so uh, just I just feel like the more they're seeing it and uh, the more that we keep winning because everyone wants to be a winner and everyone starts seeing that, you know, and it'd be around. So I just think that guys will slowly transition over to want to pick up rugby. And I always tell rugby to me for America that because uh, everyone has played it, um, rugby is sandlot football. Like you grew up playing it. The only thing now is that it's structured because you have you have plays and stuff. You're not just running reckless out there. So I always tell them that because they always want to say, like, you don't have pads on. I'm like, you didn't have pads on when you played sandlot football, you know, and you tackled in the grass. You're pushing people down in the middle of the streets. But here it is. Rugby is structured. That's it. So you just got to learn it. And that's how I always explain it to people when they think that it's so dangerous without the pads on. I always have to explain it to them that way. And um, I just think that the more, like I said, the more we continue to win and the more that you have guys like the Carlins and the Danny Bears and Ben Pinkelmans doing their job and Martin Iacefo and Falau, it helps the game grow because you have those guys to look up to. And guys that want to transition and want to come play it, you know, because it's a lot of fun. It's not a person I've met that played rugby that didn't fall in love with it. It's not a person I've met that first time they saw rugby, they didn't fall in love with it. Now they're fans. Like I had someone that came to L.A. for the first time to see rugby, and now they've been wanting to come to area, all the other games now. They're like, I want to travel now. I want to come watch rugby. I'm a huge fan now. 
So it's sweet, man. I never met anyone that did not fall in love with it. That's awesome. Which um, which other athlete then? If you're going to bring someone in to the USA Seven Squad right now from another sport, who would you bring in? You pick one. Ooh, good from any question, sport. Mitch. Um, I, I I bring LeBron James in. Yeah. It's got to be LeBron. Got to be. <laughs> For I just bring LeBron because he's so big, man. He's an athlete. You know, he played, but he, like he, they said, he could have played football too. You could, he could have been wide receiver. Like he's just so big, you know. And I just feel like yeah. he could, he could learn a game of sevens easily, nice. or learn a we'll game get, of rugby. Period. You have to get him in, P. Bay. Give him a message. I'm sure he'll get back to you. <laughs> I tried to get To to come play, but he was too scared. <laughs> I tried to get Terrell Owens to come play. He was too scared because he said we didn't have pads on. Really, really. Do you do you approach players from NFL who you know or like young up and comers, and do you do you try and lobby them to come and play a bit of rugby? Well, if I like, uh, I was at the uh, Golden Globes little ceremony thing, and he was there, and he was asking what, <laughs> what? I did. That's and, so big time, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we just picked that up. <laughs> I love that. No, but, um, he was there, and he was talking about rugby and stuff because he was knowing I was playing rugby, and I was just like, hey, man, you can play because he was like telling me it's so dangerous. I'm like, actually, you played it. You grew up playing Sandlot football. And I'm like, actually, it's a lot safer than football. You can come play rugby. And he was just like, nah, man, y'all don't have pads on, man. Y'all are crazy. I'm like, I'm telling you, man, you can play rugby. Like, just think about it. It's a lot safer than football. I'm like, with the pads on, you're invincible because you have a helmet. Take that helmet off. You will not hit the same because you won't last long. You're talking about transitioning. Is it true Danny Barrett's going to the wrestling after he finishes playing rugby? You know what? I don't know, but I would love to see it happen. Like, we really be pushing him to go do that. Like, you ought to see him. Like, he loved, he loved wrestling. And you should see, like, his little, like, he already have a name, like, for it. Like, Dr. Dano would be his name. Like, it's so cool. Like, <laughs> he could wrestle, man. I'm serious. Like, he's all about it. And, like, the boys be pushing him up for it all the time. Like, like and I even tell him, like, bro, you should go be a wrestler. Like, you can do it, man. I'm telling you, you can. Natural showman. They're like to, actually talking about being a showman, Perry. Um, I mean, rugby traditionally is a conservative game. Certainly, it is in England, and I guess the way that you <laughs> and the Eagles players approach it is slightly different. And I know that sometimes, like a couple of people have criticised you before, but no one quite energizes and takes energy from the crowd like you do when you're out. Well, I I think they criticised me a lot too because I, I was a football player. And, and a lot of rugby fans don't like American football. You know, they think that American football is copying off of rugby. So that's kind of the deal where where the, that comes from. Because honestly, <clears throat> if you look at Kenya, when they score, what type of celebrations do they do? They actually dance. Oh, you know, we and love everyone, and everyone loves it. You know, if you look at NFL, they have so many different type of celebrations. If you look at when I score, what celebrations do I do? So the only thing that you can say is like when I threw up the 200 for the crowd, if you look at that video, my entire family was on that sideline and that just happened. I didn't, I that wasn't planned in my head to throw up the two or any of that. It's just my family is on the sideline. So I did that for my family. Like um, my entire family was there, my wife, my sons, my, my, my rugby club from back home. So I'm like, this is for you guys. And then when you do stuff like that, like the crowd want to see a personality. Like they don't want to, like the crowd's there to see you guys. 
Like they don't want to just be boring where you just score. Like when you hear the crowd yelling, they're excited. And like when you do like little things, like I remember one time I did, my son was like, when we first started playing Fortnite, he was like, do the Fortnite stuff. So I'm like, okay. So when I score, I did like the the bandage up, take a mini shield for him. Like that was for him because he's sitting back home watching the game. So that was for him. Bandage up, mini shield, this for you, let's go. <laughs> you know, so it's just things like that. Like whenever you hit a crowd, man, like I'm always feeling and feeding off the crowd, man, because those people come there to watch us. Like if you think about it right now, like how they said they were going to play basketball without the crowd in there, how boring would that be for those athletes in there playing without 100%. a crowd? And, and watching them on TV with no crowd, that would be so freaking boring. So when they come to watch, I want to give my all, you know, like they said, and when we went to uh, Australia, it was freaking so hot out there, but the fans sat there and watched us, you know, in the rain, they sit there and watch us in the rain. So it's so cool, like to just interact with the fans and, and give back, you know, whatever I do, I don't know what I do, but whatever I choose to do when I do it, it's like. It's going off the crowd. Like when I did the, like they got mad and it was like, he think he's the man of rugby. When I did the little Sarevi ball running with the ball in my hand. Not at all. I did that because Sarevi inspired me so much and he was at that game and that tournament rather. And it was just something to give back to him. It was a tribute to him. Like you inspired me to play rugby. Like the game is so big because of you and the things that you do. So like, I want to be the best. And he was the best. Like you look at, Michael Jordan, everyone stick their tongue out and stuff. They do stuff from the best. Like everyone takes stuff from the best there is, you know, and implement their game and do whatever they do. So, I mean, that's where that stuff comes from. And some of the times, though, honestly, I stuff comes from the doubters, you know, like take that, take that. Like the people who didn't believe, the people who hate, take that. This is for you, you know, kind of deal. Like everyone had that in them. Like, oh, that's just the way nature is, man. And that's just how I roll, man. I just wear my heart on my sleeves, man. So you got to quote Taylor Swift. Hate is going to hate, 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 hate. Leave him hey, to Taylor it, Taylor Swift is my girl, man. You know it. <laughs> you met her at the Golden Globes, didn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I think Go that Mitch. Hong Kong moment as well, mate. If there's anyone in the game of sevens at the moment who's uh, earned the right to do the Cerevi celebration, it's definitely you. What was that like? Just uh, not to kind of make you blush here, but two uh, World Player of the Year awards on the bounce. What was that like being named as the top guy two years in a row, flying high? How did that feel? Like, was it scary oh, being kind of at the top for that long as well? Um, honestly, man, I, I never seen it coming for real. Um, I just wish that when... Things like that come around, like awards like that come around. I just wish that you can take your entire team with you because if you look at like a lot of my tries, my teammates are putting me away with space or they've done, done all the hard part, all the hard work, and they just offload it to me and say, okay, go walk in. You know, so I, when that, when those awards come about, it's like, man, this, the first one definitely like, this is my teammate. This is for you guys, man. You guys did this, not me. You know, and, and then just the second one is like, man, this is this is for my family. This is for everyone believed in me. Of course, it's my teammates, though, but just everyone that believed in me and that's been behind me and pushing me, you know, like who said that this could be done. So, I mean, I never looked at it like being like on a pedestal or any of that. I just like I'm just playing a game of rugby. I'm just having fun, you know, and, um, and everything that comes with it, you know. So it's like when you put in your hard work, you don't know what can come off of it until it comes, you know. 
So then it just allows you, allows you to look back and be like, man, hard work does pay off, you know, and it feels good when you look back at it. Hey, one more question from Instagram then, P-Bake, talking about hard work. What's your routine in between games? Like, what, how, do you, how do you chill out and what do you eat? And little, just a, little, a quick one. What do you do in between games? So I don't eat in between games. Um, what I, I will pound a protein shake and I might have like a little bit of Gatorade, a little sips of water, but I just like hang out, man. I just lounge around, listen to music the entire time, but I can't eat. I feel like if I eat, I get sluggish, man. I'll be too full. And maybe I'll, I'll take that advice for next year. Hopefully if I've got a contest. That must be where I'm going wrong. You need to take that advice in quarantine, man. <laughs> oh god amazing the random insta question i think if you could play for any other team on the series who would you play for if you had to pick another team who'd you jump into i I jump in with fiji and the only reason why i jump in with fiji is because their ball control is so crazy like they just be offloading everything i remember one time pat revolvo came to tiger academy and he played for rugby town and I was just out there running around with him. And just his ball movement and just the way he just get rid of the ball. And it's like right there. It was crazy. I'm like, man, I can get used to this. Nice. Perry, <laughs> <laughs> um, did you find coming from a non-rugby background that you didn't have a preconception about any of these teams? So you mentioned Fiji, their ball control. Like everyone who has grown up with rugby knows who Fiji are. They know what they're about. Whereas you would have come in not really known anything about any of these nations. So you would have just been playing who's in front of you? Correct. And the only team I actually heard about, and it wasn't even a sevens team, but I just thought they were all the same, was the All Blacks. Because that's what everyone hollers, the All Blacks. Like, even right now, if someone said, oh, I've heard of rugby. I'm like, what did you hear? Oh, I just hear, I just know of the All Blacks. That's it. You know, so when I came on, that's the only, per- that's the only team I heard of was the All Blacks. But of course, they were talking, they were referencing to the 15th side, you know. That's all it is, too, when you have teams like that. I mean, I remember when Fr- Mike Friday came, that was like the biggest message he gave to us. And they're just guys in a jersey, the same as you guys. And some of the times they had come with young kids on there, too, that's like 18 years old. He was like, these are, these are young kids. Like, they're the same. It's just a shirt. You're playing a shirt, guys. And uh, I guess uh, once we started believing and got over that hump, then we can compete with any of them. Yeah, what's what's Mike Friday like to play under Perry? Uh, he's a great guy. First of all, he he likes to joke. Uh, he knows how to be serious when it's time to put in that work, and uh, he's pretty smart. Um, he's a great coach for real, and he'll go to war for his players. For, seriously, um, it's all about his players for real. At the end of the day, and he'll do anything for you. So, uh, I, for some reason, I've just always been blessed to be around great coaches, man. In every sport I've been in, my coaches have really been good to me. What's uh, just last one for me, Perry? I don't know how the other guys are going with the questions, but I'm just keen to know, like, however many years you say you reckon you've got a few years left in your new career, what's the dream? Like, what do you want to do before you have to hang up the boots? So uh, the main one for me is win a medal, stand on a podium at uh, Tokyo 2021. And then the other one is, is to win a World Cup because then I feel like everything will be accomplished that I, I wanted to do kind of deal. Nice. Good goals. Good goals then, P-Bake. The only reason I want to win a World Cup is I want to rub it in uh, Phil's greening face. Because every time he come in, that's the only thing he talk about is him winning a, a premiership <laughs> and stuff. And just, he always showing his rings off. And he always just talking crap to us about his rings. 
Oh, so obviously there's the medals, there's the World Cup. You clearly want a league a legacy. League? Leave a legacy. Uh, mm-hmm. How far, do you reckon there's boys now uh, who are athletes, young athletes in the States who are saying, I want to be a rugby player. I want to be a rugby sevens player. They're not just saying, I want to be a footballer or an NBA star. They're saying, I want to be a USA Eagle. Do you think that the game's getting to that level in terms of sevens out there? It definitely is. Um, <clears throat> actually, the hard part is is where kids who are picking up rugby, they're actually leaving their sports and it's making the coaches upset. Like uh, football coaches, I know of a high school who coach um, football doesn't want his kids to go play rugby at all because some of them are actually leaving to go play rugby. And um, I just think that is so cool for them to go experience it, for one, because you get to travel the world, not just inside the States. You get to travel the world. And I know kids will enjoy that and love that. Like, I've never thought me coming from my small town, I'll be traveling the world, you know, and getting to see other cultures and things like that. So I think it's just in due time, it'll start happening. You know, and uh, kids are definitely already talking about they want to like I where I go and train at right now is kids that are they're 18 years old and they saying we want to play for the Eagles one day. Like we want to play sevens one day for the national team. Like, and that's so freaking cool. And they're like, is it hard or what can I do? How can I get there? And I just think it's so cool now that you're you're getting that and hearing that, because when I was 18, I didn't hear nothing about rugby and playing for no Eagles, sevens, none of that. At all. Even when I was 24, I didn't hear about playing with it, you know? The only thing that triggered me to pull the trigger to go play was being Olympian, you know? But now all that has changed now. Like, I wish I could have done this years ago. That's why it's like, for me right now, like, when I think about it, it was like, because I, I went to uh, Rio 2016, you know, and everyone's like, you're an Olympian? Like, yes, I'm Olympian, but I'm not an Olympian because I don't have that medal. Like, all the names you name, they all have medals, and that's what the Olympics is about. Like, being into the, being in our, our own village, everyone's on one goal there, and that's to go get medals, you know? And to walk away without it, it's just like, man, I'm Olympian, but I'm not. And, like, I, I want that medal so I can be associated with those names and, like, show my medal off. Like, that's so cool, you know? Like, one thing you can't take from someone is their achievements and achievements of, like, being an Olympian but have the medal to represent to show it, you know? Like, even when I'm dead and gone, my medal will still be hanging around somewhere. Someone will have it. My kids, kids, grandkids will have it or something, you know? And that's why it drives me so hard to want to get that medal. Well, hopefully, Perry, me and Chippy will be there trying to stop you getting one, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, go ahead and share it, man. You guys already got one. <laughs> uh, hey, man, you already stopped uh, us from the World Cup, man. Uh, Cross kick Mitch. Uh, that was good, me, wasn't it? It was, it was one of those moments. That, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. It, man, that was crazy. What's up? I remember in the tunnel before that um, World Cup game, and you were all going, "We're dogs! This is our house! <laughs> this is us!" And then, and then I was, I was listening. I was looking at the crowd. I was like, "This is pretty cool." And then Carl had slapped at me on the bum, and he was like, "What's up, baby?" I was like, "Fucking hell! Here we go! Here we go!" I was laughing. You bloody good lads. That was right. the final, man. That was the final, man. Like we went to OT and stuff. That was crazy, man. And the crowd was, was phenomenal. It was dope, man. That was one of the best no, games good. I've ever played. Like, I just enjoyed that game so much. I remember that. Tell me. 
Le Perry, we can't let you go without hearing a little bit about your speed training because loads of people want to hear about it. They want to know what kind of things you do, how frequently you hit your speed training compared to other rugby ball skills, etc. You just give us a little taste because there's loads of people out there who want to learn how to be as okay. fast as the speed stick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Big Rich can back me up since he's so fast, he knows. Um, That's it. But, uh, <laughs> Cheers, Pete. <laughs> but um, it just depends. It varies. Like some days I'll run 60s or 80s uh, sprints with Carlin. Um, there'll be time. So we'll be running against time. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll run with the sled. Um, I'll run with bands. I'll push against the sled. It's always everything's normally always timed, though. Um, doing the jilly stuff like running and making a cut at the at the blink of a light kind of deals. Like we run through these like gates and they have lights on it. Um, it just like it just all depends, man. Like um, bounding work, um, holding the band around the waist and doing drives, um, anklings, uh, knee drives. It's crazy. I don't know. It's just it goes it's like it's a lot. It just depends on. I guess the day it is of the week it is and what I didn't do the last week I do this week kind of deal. Does your does your training differ quite a lot from that of Carlin's because you're two very differently designed athletes? Yes, because he's a track star. Yes, it does. Like that guy, I'm serious. I've never seen no one work as much as Carlin and work as hard as Carlin. And that's no lie. Like he will go through a hard, hard day of training like a high intensity day of training. And we train like three times a day. So we'll finish up at like probably four o'clock. But in between that break, that lunch break, Carlin's down at the track running 200 meter sprints and stuff. Like running with the track team down there. Like this dude never stops. And I don't know, I don't know how he does it. Like How does never he stay stop. in one piece? How come his I body have, doesn't break down? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what he does, but that dude does not stop running. Like it got to the point where the coach used to tell him like, you're not allowed to go to the track. You're not allowed to go to the track today. Like, wow. that's why you're feeling. So but this dude don't stop, man. Like, he'll be at the track. And, like, we'll show up at the center uh, to start training. Carlin's been there since 6 o'clock, already running at the track. Like, I kid you not, he doesn't stop. <laughs> Whatever you're doing is working. Like Whatever you're doing is working. Don't change. Right. <laughs> 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 Thanks very Amazing. much for coming on, P-Bake. No doubt, man. Thanks for having me, boys. Perry, Thanks absolute legend, mate. Top bloke, top player. That's it, P-Bake. Hey, keep safe. Keep safe, mate. Great to speak to you. Will do, guys. P-Bake, what a legend. Thank Look you so yourself, much, mate. man. Thanks again, Amazing. guys. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers boss. See you, mate. Awesome. One night in heaven, one night in heaven. I mean, it's one thing having a big name and like try scoring superstar, but what a lovely bloke. What Just what a top lad to get on. Top geezer. I said, Chippy, we should get some knobheads on to make us look better next time. So if we, if we yeah. get someone like Perry on, who's such a good bloke as well as a great player, it's going to make us look bad. There was there was a pang of panic when he went on a roll, and I was just so captivated yeah. by what he was saying that I suddenly thought, "Oh my god, are we recording this?" <laughs> Director Tom's on on god, the case. Tom. Thank God that could have been the biggest mistake of my professional career. Tell you what, that was brilliant. Chip, you you are just no lube the carpentier straight into the u.s bankruptcy is is your job all right like yeah. okay. just no hey, uh, no what? no beating no beating around the bush no softening them up just straight in we're with all, the sledgehammer mate we're all worried we're all worried i've got two months left as i've told you there's not we need to know what's going on 
obviously been speaking to other players from Sevens and like Australia are in a bit of trouble at the moment with their rugby union. Um, USA are in trouble as well. Um, no one really knows if there's an out at the end of this COVID-19, not want to put a downer on it. Um, I know a couple of the USA lads are injured and their physios aren't working there anymore. Who knows? Yeah, it's a bit of a scary time. But we've got to pick the positives out of this. We're going to kick on. We're giving you a great podcast to listen to. Share it with all your mates. It's quite nice to chat to someone from another team, isn't it? Because like, it kind of brings home that there are other teams affected by this. Everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's got an uncertain future. Tell me, I'm interested, chaps. What's it like for you two to be speaking with an opposition player so candidly and so openly? Mate, I think it's different in sevens to probably what it is in 15s and certainly a lot of other sports, I'm sure. We, as a um, a collection of players, all from different teams, I think, are pretty open at the best of times because of that situation where you go away and you live with each other in the same hotels and you mix a lot anyway. So you can't be this super guarded, um, you know, block all the other teams out type person because it's just exhausting. So I think that that's kind of becomes ingrained in you if you've been on the series for a couple of years. Um, I think there are still some guys who'd rather keep opposition teams at arm's length. But personally, I feel like you, you don't benefit from the series as much if that's your attitude. So I think there's yeah. quite a lot of that that plays into our, our mindsets in terms of chatting. And in 15s, you play a team like one week and then you're not playing them again for another six months. Like we, sometimes you can play people twice in a weekend and then you play them the next weekend and then you go for a beer with them. And as Mitch said, you're eating with them. You're seeing them in lifts. Like if you're not, if you're not willing to be open and honest and like have a chat and just be yourself, it's going to drain all your energy throughout the weeks. Like if you're trying to, if you're trying to put on this persona that you're, like you don't want to speak to anyone and you can't, you're not like a social person, unless that's not you, unless that is you, sorry, then it's just going to drain your energy. It's too much hard work. Yeah. Cause I wonder whether there is a performance edge to being like, right, I'm going to be spending the whole week. I know who I'm playing at the weekend. Can I get in their heads? Can I really throw them off their game? And I don't know, start doing weird shit in the lifts or whatever, or dropping little, I don't know, fake farts. tactics around. Oh, in the lift. Sorry. I thought you said, but- but I think it's just the drain on yourself would just be uh, over and above anything, any uh, positive effect you'd get. That's it. Scott Riddell was one for that. Like me and him got on like a house on fire in, in uh, the Team GB stuff. He's like proper grumpy, like just right up my street. You know what I mean? But he like, I don't know if it was just the English, but in a, in a tournament week when we were playing them, um, he wouldn't speak to me at all, even though I'd been texting him a couple of weeks before. Tournament week, wouldn't speak to me, wouldn't look at me, wouldn't do anything and like, wouldn't, wouldn't hold his farts in in the lift. Like, just, <laughs> just, it's a weird one. Like a top bloke, but must be hard to, maybe it's a Scottish English thing. I don't know. Do you know, uh, I was in Cape Town uh, with a mate and with the Sevens was on at that time and we ran into the Scottish team and Scott Riddell was one of them and he made me take my shirt off in Caprice and then uh, basically ridiculed my rig in front of everyone in Caprice at about midnight um, with uh, the rest of the Scottish boys just pointing at me. It was uh, that's amazing, humiliating, humiliating experience. It's the only time I've God, ever met, only Scott, time I've ever known the guy. Scott has gone up in my estimations even more. I already thought oh, he was my. a top bloke, but that is brilliant. But yes, do you think, uh, are there teams that engage in the Sevens fraternity and others who don't? And the ones who don't, do you think it's to their detriment 
to their experience of the World Series? I'm trying to think of one team. Mitch, I, the only team I can into, probably... The only thing I think of is is Russia, but even then, there's a couple of Russian lads who give you no, a nod, but I'm not sure friendly, if that's a language yeah. barrier. I think a lot, sometimes it's a language barrier. <laughs> I think generally everyone's pretty pretty friendly and pretty willing to mix. Like Obviously, there are some guys who aren't interested. They want to go out there, win rugby games. Um, like You're probably going to favour spending time with your own team because they're your mates most of the time. But it, it And I think it's only as I've got older that I've really valued probably chatting to the other teams i think i always thought it was a really cool thing but um there were times when i was a little bit uh well i didn't put the effort into it certainly whereas now i'm much more inclined to try and create those relationships with other players from other teams because they come from different cultures speak different languages like completely different life experience and it'd be foolish not to try and make the most of that 100 percent. i think my first couple of years on sevens maybe first year when i was in and out with 15s i was still in that 15s mindset and i'd see someone in the lift I'd like puff my chest out and I wouldn't look at him. I'd look dead straight ahead. And if they said hello, I'd give him a nod. And it's just like, looking back, what an idiot. Like, mm. like, what I, I must have looked like a dick for one. And it's two, just an like, experience, isn't it? Yeah. And the other thing Be is nice. as soon as, when there's other, like little things happen, like when you get injured, for example, everyone's so friendly asking if you're all right, you know, what's the diagnosis, things like that. Um, helping you out around the hotel. Um, you know, if you've if you've won the tournament, people are super friendly, congratulating you. So little moments like that really kind of feed into the the group camaraderie of the series. One night in heaven, one night. Right, time for a bit of Norse's corner. Are you ready for it? I feel like we've had a lack of banter that this might send you over the edge into sleep. No, Mitch, I am, we, I am I'm banging for it. The uh, the clue to this week's edition of Norse's corner is the fact that. Mitch has come dressed as a psychiatrist. So uh, get ready to recline on the shades long and let Mitch delve into your deepest, darkest emotions. Well, funny you say psychiatrist, because actually the subject of today's Norse's Corner is motivation. Obviously, this is something that's come to the fore in lockdown. Uh, motivation levels around the country are an all-time low, I suspect, particularly amongst the country's athletes. Um, I certainly have had the demons on the shoulder every time I've gone to do a session telling me to shave off reps, shave a set, no one's going to know, what's the point, what are you training for? These are the demons that have been going round and round. Um, So I just thought I'd talk about a couple of sources of motivation that we talk about. Um, Obviously, we've mentioned a couple of times on the pod the importance of the psychology of the game. And where you get your motivation from is super important because not just for training, which we do every day. And Perry mentioned that a lot about his drive to go out and train. Um, But also across a tournament, when you get to game six, especially week two, you need to tap into something. Even though people think, oh, surely you don't need motivation to go out there. I tell you, when you're battered and your body's telling you you don't want to play anymore, you need to tap into something uh, to get yourself into the right frame of mind to go and play top level sevens. So the first one I picked out as a source of motivation is the kind of fear. So I guess this is the the whip side. Um, and this might be fear of what other teams are doing in their training, um, fear of falling short of where you want to get to. Um, now that can be pretty powerful motivator, uh, but I think it's also a bit of a risky one because it kind of comes into the fear of failure thing, which which can have negative consequences in terms of not trying things on the field. So the next uh, source of motivation that we kind of see quite a lot is sort of the gratitude side. This is something that I particularly really enjoy. So 
um, realizing how fortunate I am to be playing the game, how fortunate I am to be around the world doing it, uh, to be there with such good people. So it's often tapping into like, what am my opportunity here? So when you're in lockdown, that might be um, uh, my opportunity to feel good is go and do my session, something like that. Uh, another one which Perry talked about a lot really powerfully was, was the end goal. So, you know, the trophy, the World Cup trophy or getting a medal at the Olympic Games. Um, again, those for a lot of people are their motivating factors. They're way ahead, something that they're striving for, often tangible things like that. Um, but I think underpinning a lot of these things and the number one that we talk about in our England squad is kind of what's your why? So that's the phrase that we often use, what's your why? Um, and this varies from person to person. They do it for different reasons. Um, this is always kind of really underpinned by your values and what kind of person you want to be. And as a motivating factor is as a result, incredibly powerful, incredibly strong, and will stand through the test of time. So uh, for me, that's kind of the love of the game, the love of the people I do it for, uh, including the players and the people that might be inspired by, by what we do. So there's a couple of things that you kind of tap into. And it's particularly interesting, I guess, from my standpoint as a, as a captain, as a leader, trying to use these kind of different sources of motivation to try and get the best out of people and get the best out of the other players. So flipping it to you guys to contribute. I hope you enjoyed that little rundown. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you've prepared your top. What do you look to as a motivational quote or saying to kind of get those juices flowing when you need it most? Chippy will come to you first. Okay, come to me first. So yours is probably like etched on in a coal mine somewhere that's you know been passed down from your family through your family no mate don't be so um what's the word it's not racist is it to be harsh to northerners you shouldn't have, so. say they're north with, co <laughs> north, with coal mines northerners northerners like, um, be the canary so we um we do a lot of work well with katie warriner who's our um sports site um and she told us a couple of years ago about your why. So like whenever I'm struggling or thinking it's my why. So like why I play rugby, like my family, um, Annika, Rudy, everything like at home. Um, and then for a quote, um, what I picked up a couple of years ago was from Rory Best. He said, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you work for. And nice. that makes me like, so because it's sometimes you think, oh, I should be like, should be playing this week. Oh, I've been here for whatever, or like I deserve to go to the Olympics. But like, it doesn't, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you work for and get what you put in. And that just keeps you honest, keeps you like, there's no, there's no like fighting with that one. You've just, you just do what you need to do. Get it done. Nice. Bernsey, what about you? I mean, I, I know that you asked us to, to think about our quote before the show. Uh, but I didn't realize we were going to be talking about our feelings quite as much, which, as you know, I feel <laughs> uncomfortable I doing. So maybe not quite as much thought has gone into mine. But my quote that I stick by, I really believe in as well, is Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And another one that goes hand in hand with that is build it and they will come. And I know that build it and they will come is a bit of a throwaway remark. It's quite banterous, but it's absolutely true. And Wayne Gretzky's right too, that I think that we, our society is one that maybe doesn't embrace failure enough. And that if you don't try, then you never know. And I'd say that this podcast is probably my best example that I was tentative to start it with uh, initially 
to you guys. You boys came on board and we've done it together. But, you know, since since take dipping that toe into the unknown, then you put a foot in and suddenly you're plunging in and having a nice little dip in moderate success well, or failure, depending on, on how you look at it. But I just the think water is if, if nothing's going to come to you, you got to go, you got to put it in the air and give it a swing and hopefully it goes over the fence. I love that, Bernsey. I really like that a lot. Also, Very good. I think that quote was Michael Jordan on it. Michael Jordan's one is that I've I've missed this many three pointers. Ah, okay. This many, yeah, blah, blah, missed blah, a blah, right. yeah, missed a load of shots. Ah, okay, yeah. There's another one from Jordan actually said that he was on about. Um, it's quite cool. Sometimes he talks about when he goes out to play a game, he doesn't know if someone's there for their one and only game they'll ever watch him. So he wants to kind of put a show on for them, which is interesting mindset when you when uh, harking back to what Perry was saying. He's obviously tuned into something similar for himself, the way he reacts to the crowd. I thought that was pretty cool. So that's interesting. That's me, lads. That's Moors' corner. That's interesting as well, though, because it, that can be a positive and a negative because you're the center of your own narrative. And that comes back to the failure thing that when you try something, you're terrified of failing because you think people are going to look at you and say, oh, look at him. He tried that and he failed. He's useless. When really, probably no one's paying attention. You're the only hero in your in your romance novel, ultimately. Mm. So that can cripple you. But Michael Jordan has harnessed that in a positive way to say, I'm the star of the show. Everyone's here to see me. The onus is on me to perform for them. And I'm going to do it every time. Absolutely. And to wrap up the Nausea's Corner, actually, the motivation is as effective as you're able to frame it. Ooh. Recently, uh, Tom Farrow used a, a nice little line was that life is the stories we tell ourselves. And that's exactly the same in motivation. You use whatever you can to achieve what you want. But certain strategies, I will say, I think are beneficial over the long term and some are better for the short term. But you've got you to experiment to find out. That's good. And that's a good way to wrap this up. Take that into your quarantine week. Yeah. Have a good week, everyone. Get what you need to do out of it. Even if that is uh, glove boxing. Yeah. Hot hot boxing. Don't don't, don't go glove boxing every day, but sometimes a bit of glove boxing is good for the soul. That's my takeaway from this week in quarantine. And that's the message (laughs) of the podcast this week. (laughs) Boys, what a a pleasure to link up with you again. And once again, P-Bake, nothing but love for that guy. What a guest. What a bloke. Loved Amazing. having him up in the clouds. One more reminder what to our treat. listeners. If you enjoy this pod, please like, subscribe, review, and try and propel us up the chart so that the seventh heaven message is spread to a few more eardrums. But until next time, it is adios. See you Bye. <laughs>